Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC. I'm here with my friend, Mike. Uh, just met you, but you seem like a cool guy. Thanks. <laughs> uh, screenwriter. That's me. Out from Long Island. Mm -hmm. Born and raised. That's correct. Uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, let's see. I grew up in a town called Oyster Bay. Okay. If that sounds familiar, it's because Billy Joel sings about it. Hmm. Um, my father worked in television when I was a kid. But he was uh, an executive and he ran his own company. What he did was bought and sold space. And in between, he would uh, add in a vignette is what it technically is. But that's how he got started in the industry. And then he moved on to making bigger productions. And as I got older and you know, he was doing bigger projects, I got to witness the magic behind the scenes, mm -hmm. which is why, one of the reasons actually, I won't say why, but it's one of the reasons I fell in love with television and film to begin with. Okay. Watching something get made is amazing. It's like taking a piece of wood and turning it into furniture mm -hmm. or whatever you're trying to build. Right. Seeing something come from the ground up, it's like, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then you watch it and you go, wow. You know, it, it's, it's a great process. And then people connect with it. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I had this like special attachment to it. I just thought it was like phenomenal. And I always said, like, I want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And from the time I probably like seven years old, I, w I was writing short stories and these different things. And mm -hmm. it just seemed to make sense once I realized that, hey, you know, movies, movies get written. Right. They don't just get made. Right. You know, somebody has to be behind that. <laughs> so I toyed around with it when I was... Wow, I'm, I'm going back now. I was like 17, mm -hmm. and I thought I knew what I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing. I just started <laughs> writing dialogue. I like every 17-year-old. Oh, yeah. So I'm just writing dialogue, like little jokes back and forth. I'm like, this is not a movie. This, this is actually just, it's not even good writing. It's not even funny. So, um, <laughs> but luckily, I, I was uh, of college age getting ready, and I knew I wanted to study something in communications. I wasn't quite sure where to go, but I knew I loved movies. Uh, actually, bounced around colleges. I went to CW Post first and realized that I was not in the right spot. And Hofstra University was a better place for me to be. And I studied there for uh, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then I had some problems, which I'm not going to talk about, but uh, wouldn't. I couldn't pursue my career at that time, and I was a little confused. Mm -hmm. Not, not going to lie to you. I, I was in my 20s, early, early 20s, kind of like you. Uh, and I wasn't sure what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, like me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I, I decided I was going to take a break, mm -hmm. but I hated the break. I, it was a, let's say, six months off. Right. I took my six months. I wanted to go back. Steadfast on going back, except I couldn't afford it. So I wound up going to Nassau Community College because uh, what I was paying for Hofstra, I paid a hell of a lot more. The next time around, I'll get to that in a second. But it was like a tenth of the price of Hofstra to take, like, math. Mm. You know, and that's what I needed. I needed to fill in these core credits, and I, and I was still, like, in a confusing situation. Mm -hmm. Did that for a year, and I was on track to go back and actually do what I wanted to be doing, and I wound up hurting myself, and I... Got knocked off my feet for three months, which was Jesus. absolutely awful. Yeah, kind of sucked. And I was trying to quit smoking at the same time. It yeah. just didn't work. But um, 
So I wound up going back, I wound up working full time and my background was at that time, uh, I worked in the restaurant industry. I went back to the restaurant industry, I worked for two years, paid off all my back debt that I accrued from that. Three months really screws you by the way. Don't take off for three months unless you're prepared. That's just a piece of advice for life. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you should always have some sort of savings because you never know what's going to happen. I, I ripped through my savings too. I mean, really be prepared. So, got everything in place. Now, I, felt, I always felt like I wanted to go back, but I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. I looked into a thing here and there. It just wasn't working out. I just kept working. And then uh, I left and I went from job to job. I bounced around. Mm-hmm. And finally, unfortunately, uh, for almost five years ago now my father passed away and at that time I lost my mind Uh and like nothing was right to me I wound up losing my job because of this because of my mood and the Mm -hmm. way I was acting and in retrospect let me rephrase that in hindsight Mm -hmm. my father dying was one of the worst things that ever happened to me but it changed the way that I approached my life His brother asked me if I would consider, if I ever did consider going back to school. It was a conversation that I, you know, went back and forth in the long run. I I did say yes, but I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. I returned to Hofstra University where I was pursuing my my degree. I got back into the film program. During that time, I got to make three films. I uh, wrote and produced a radio play, which was actually a lot of fun, believe it or not. (laughs) actually started it too unfortunately I had to play six parts uh, and I learned a lot I learned from working professionals I learned uh, you don't know anything like, no matter what you think you know you don't actually know anything mm. you might know structure you might understand something but there's always something that you're going to need to learn and everything is constantly changing and you need to stay with the times right just uh I don't know where we were going with this. Just like your bio. Oh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me mention that prior to me returning to school, and pri- I actually did write in between. I wrote a screenplay when I uh, dropped out. Let's just say I dropped out the first mm-hmm. time. I did write a screenplay. I understood formatting. I understood story structure. I thought this thing was gold. Uh, I, if I read it right now, I'd tell you it's the biggest piece of shit on earth. Can I curse? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. So... Uh, so I knew nothing. Yeah. I still know nothing. I just understand a little bit more than I did. Mm. So anyway, I graduated uh, a year and a half ago now. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Uh, my degree is in film studies and production. My mm-hmm. focus was on screenwriting. I am capable of directing. I'm capable of running a camera. I am semi-capable of doing lighting. Lighting, for anybody who's listening and wants to make a movie, learn lighting. Lighting is probably one of the most underrated, yet most important things in movies, television, anything with a camera. Should it be the first thing that people learn? or No. The first thing you need to learn is... Okay. I don't know what the first thing you need to learn is, but one of the most important things is most certainly lighting. Right. You might want to learn story structure and uh, the fact that everything needs a beginning, middle, and end. Uh-huh. That... I mean, that's for writers, but for filmmakers in general, learn your lighting, learn your cameras, learn your focus. And if, any, and if you ever think that you know everything, you don't. Mm. Learn that too. Hmm. So, yeah, that, that's basically my story. I'm currently uh, writing my own. I'm writing a, 
a feature length script. I've been working on it for a year. It's driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, third act problems. I thought it was finished and I just scrapped my whole third act and now I'm rewriting from the end of act 2A to the end. Because mm-hmm. anybody who really writes screenplays will always tell you that there's always third act problems. It's like, <laughs> it's the worst kept secret in the world. There's always a third act problem. Mm-hmm. Because your focus, and I'll get to that in a second, is you should start with your ending and work backwards. Not write the story mm-hmm. backwards, just know your ending before you go in. That's interesting. Yeah. If you don't know how something's going to, if you don't know what your writing is going to end, mm-hmm. then you're going to have a problem getting to that ending. Right. It's not the same as writing a short story or writing a novel where, you know, the story can just take off, take make a left-hand turn. Mm-hmm. Because you can correct that in 300 pages. Right. Or you can get back to where you were. You have, at most, 120 pages to play with, which seems like a lot, and it's kind of damning when you're looking at page one and you just have that cursor blinking at you, (laughs) right? But 120 pages is almost nothing, and really you want to be under 120 pages. Mm. So yeah, I had third act problems, and I'm, I'm willing to admit it. I don't mind. I thought I knew where I wanted my story to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to lead up to. But as I was reading what I wrote, I realized that there were mistakes that needed to be corrected and the third act wouldn't work. So I'm not starting over from the beginning. I'm just starting over from the middle. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so you say you have to start from, well, you have to know your ending, not necessarily start from the ending. Right? Yeah, you have to know your ending. You don't have to write your ending. You just have to know your ending. Maybe you should write it down, but you don't have to write the ending first. Gotcha. Just know your ending. Know your ending, know your characters. Mm-hmm. Well, because, I mean, I imagine, right, I'm not a screenwriter, but I mm-hmm. imagine, like, you know, your day-to-day experiences might sort of change, you know, as you're writing what you end up, you know, your end product would be. I mean, what the ending is. Like, th- does that happen? Like, the more you write, the more, it's like, you, you see sort of it, the, the, the script needs to breathe, you know, some yeah, to another direction. that's fine, but you want to have a... I, you don't have to have an ironclad ending in mind, mm. per se. You can just go with a, a general ending. And it's I'm not saying he gets the girl or, you know, right. he gets the guy. I don't care. Whatever, whatever <laughs> you want to say. Right, right, right. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like an actual, like, is your character going to die? And for every book you'll ever read, they're going to tell you, yes, he needs to die. Mm-hmm. Kill your babies. <laughs> But it, it, what, how, what's the resolution? That's what you're trying to get gotcha. to. Because gotcha. that's what's going to make your viewer happy, or your, especially the reader. Because, you know, as somebody who worked as a screen reader or a screenplay reader, uh, I will tell you right now that you need to make that person happy first. They're the first line of defense. Mm. Okay? They, they need to be enticed. Yeah. All right? You want to pull them in. They're going to tell the first 10 pages are the most important. They're probably right. Mm. Your inciting incident, which. You, you know what I'm talking about in the sighting incident? Like, no. why is this story taking place? Right. That needs to happen within three pages. Hmm. Okay? You can't have that happen on page 12 because by page 12, I'm like, oh, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Then I'm looking at the last page. Like, how much longer do I have to go? Right, right, right. Right? I mean, you, you've been working. So you said you're, you've been a screenplay reader and also a screenwriter. Yes. I mean, in your experience, like, what, what, which one's harder? Uh, writing is harder. Reading is just tedious. Mm. Um, 
What's good about being a screen reader, and uh, I did it for free. I did it as an internship, <laughs> which, wow, that was stupid. We <laughs> uh, all got to start somewhere, though. Yeah. Uh, being a screen reader, what's interesting is finding, uh, catching a flaw or reading something and then learning from somebody else's mistake, mm. which is unfortunate, but it's, it's really helpful. Right. It really is. So. I would suggest people do that. Actually, I'd suggest you read good screenplays. Definitely read good screenplays. Mm -hmm. Read, uh, well, it depends on what genre you want to write. But, you know, the, we're in 2019. How many, there's a million screenplays available on the internet. Pick your favorite movie. Read that screenplay. See how it broke down. The B movie. Read some, the B movie. <laughs> read, read something by Aaron Sorkin. That right. would be my suggestion. Mm. The guy knows story structure. The guy knows how to create conflict, which every scene needs. Mm -hmm. And he just, and he words things beautifully. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can write a page long diatribe and you're just locked into it. Whereas if I wrote you a page long diatribe, you'd go, okay, when's this end? Mm -hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I think you're in a, a pretty interesting situation because you know, I've been talking to a lot of other artists, you know, like musicians, dancers, stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, the movie business, mm -hmm. it's more so, do, do you, like, how do you feel like the balance is, like, between, like, business and, and like, the art aspect of it? Uh, currently, we are in the business aspect. If you asked me this before I was born, it would be art. <laughs> uh, since the early 1990s, it's blown up. The And the business has been huge since... Charlie Chaplin, mm -hmm. but it's blown up so much that it's like all business and there are still indies, indie films that are being produced that are fantastic, but if you're trying to make a blockbuster, you're talking straight business. There's a reason why you see the same 15 people in all these movies, right. because they do data research that tells you this person did this, this person did that, that made us this, that made us that. Mm -hmm. And it has to go through an executive. And this executive is trying to make money because that's what he's doing. And that's why he was hired. Right. He was brought in to make money. And if you don't make money, you're going to be looking for a new job. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it is most certainly a business. The good thing about this business in its current state and I actually wrote a paper about this a couple of years ago, hmm. is that Netflix, Amazon, all these streaming services and all the new media that we have coming out right. are actually opening up more avenues for people to create oh, that's interesting. new revenue. Yeah. Huh. Well, do you watch South Park? Sometimes, every now and then. I, mean, I haven't uh, recently, but... Okay. I think two years ago, they did an episode where uh, they were trying to make a TV show. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really quick joke where they called Netflix, and Netflix answered the phone, hi, you're greenlit, how can I help you? <laughs> I, I thought it was genius. Yeah. They're a lot more strict than that, obviously, and they've actually gotten more sh even more strict since, mm -hmm. and so has Amazon. But, whereas you only had like X, Y, and Z, now you have A through Z to go right. through if you're trying to make a movie. Mm. I mean, that's pretty interesting. I mean, that, that's, that's definitely... Uh something to think about because I mean when I'm talking to, to musicians they feel like the opposite I mean things like Spotify mm -hmm. you know Apple Music stuff like mm -hmm. that is taken away from you know their business you know what I mean the, the uh, sure you get uh, you know more 
exposure, mm-hmm. right? Because you get a wider audience, people who can mm-hmm. actually see it, but they they see the returns like you know diminishing. Versus what you mean, what you're telling me is like there's a lot more business to be had in like with movies. Well, yes and no, there is, but there's a reason that a Star Is Born uh, is in its third remake and being made because Bradley Cooper is a name and he produced it. I, to be quite honest, I haven't seen it. Uh, we're seeing a lot more remakes right now for movies. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot more regurgitation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the again, with the big pictures, the blockbuster films, they are going to be few and far between. Well, not few and far between, but no first-time screenwriter is getting a $200 million movie made. Right. Okay? And they're not making a million dollars off that script. Mm. However, if you truly want to just make a movie or work on a TV show, there are more ways to go than there were prior. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, truthfully, the since 1993, I want to say, mm-hmm. people stopped paying a lot of money for scripts. Hmm. The market's actually kind of flooded with that. Why do you think that is? Because uh, now everybody thinks they can make movies. <laughs> and listen, I wish everybody the best, but right. you know, they can't. Mm. I mean, do you have to go to school for it? No, you absolutely do not. But you do have to understand how it works. Right, you need the fundamentals. Yeah, I mean, you can learn a lot from a book, but you learn a lot more from actually doing it. Right. You know, if you find a way to do it without paying for it, God bless you. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, for sure. I mean, do, do you know anybody like any good screenwriters that like made it without going to school? Quentin Tarantino didn't go to film school. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was easy. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you told me your dad was part of the uh, another side of the business, right? What? My father was an executive. Uh, my father was a businessman. Gotcha. We'll just put it like that. And you were never like you know, sort of flirting with the idea of being that executive? Like working as an executive? Yeah. Sure, but eh, I like creating. Mm. I I understand numbers. I'm not going to say I'm like, I'm, like uh, I'm just a creator. No, I understand <laughs> how it works. Right. The idea of sitting behind a desk and just crunching numbers and, and, you know, I don't mind making phone calls and trying to close a deal, but that, first of all, the business is changed so much. It's less face-to-face, less over the phone, more email, less interaction. Because there's so many people. No, it's because the way that we approach the world. The world has changed. I, I mean, everything is changing, and some for the good, some for the worse. But, you know, we could have done this interview via Skype, truthfully, or over the phone. I mean... Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying, like, hey, you're wasting my time. Right. I'm just saying that... Because of the avenues that we of now course. have available to right. us, yeah. the everything's changed, and that's business included. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do my banking online. How about you? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, gotcha. You know. Gotcha. I mean, any any you know recent sort of things that you've seen that you really really like? Films. Yeah. Uh, I try and go to the movies once a week. Mm-hmm. I still love movie theaters. Yeah. I don't care. I I think that. Movies were made to be seen on a big screen, mm. and that's what I try to do as much as I possibly can. Damn you, movie pass for failing. <laughs> Seriously, uh, that's rough. I saw Aquaman. I, I'm gonna run through everything. Yeah. I'm picking that at this out. Go ahead. 
let's see, I, I saw, uh, last movie I saw was Glass, and as much as I wanted to like it, I didn't. Mm. I saw Aquaman, and I was like, okay, cool, you can do CGI. <laughs> um, now I'm trying to think of what I saw before that. Green Book. Green Book was excellent. Hmm. Yeah, Green Book was a really good story. It, it was. Uh, it's it's sad because of you know what it was about. I mean, it was a nice like. They had good character arcs and whatnot, but mm-hmm. if you think about it's based on a true story, and you're talking about racism, what racism was at its peak. Right. You know, so. That that was a nice story and a good movie. Uh, I think they did it very well. Mm-hmm. What about remakes? Depends on what remake we're talking about. Like any, like what would like the top remakes like you know pop in your head? Just now, a Star is Born. So okay. it's third. Uh, this is the third time they made it. The last time was with uh, Chris Christopherson and was it Dolly Parton? No, it was a uh, Barbra Streisand mm-hmm. in the seventies. Mm-hmm. First one was uh, Judy Garland in the thirties, and I can't tell you the male lead. I'm not a fan. If the movie was done well the first time, I don't understand why you need to do it again, except for the fact that you already know that this movie can make you money, right. which brings you back to business. Mm. Uh, I think they remade The Incredible Hulk how many times? Three times? And not once was it good? Um, is there a remake? I truly enjoyed Scarface. Scarface is a remake. Mm-hmm. It was good. The, if you ever watched the original, which I actually had to sit through, you'll be rather appreciative of the Al Pacino Scarface. If you aren't already. Some remakes are good. Some remakes just don't need to be made. I don't understand why they redid Ghostbusters, but that's a conversation for another time. Right, right, right. I mean, some of it has to do with, like, I mean, I'm guessing, right, the nostalgia people get, and that's why people are so, you know, easy to greenlight something, like a a sequel that never had to be made. You're talking about people's heartstrings. Look at the sequels that are being made. Dumb and Dumber's sequel came out 20 years later. Was it good? No. But did people go see it because I love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I I, I was really excited to see Toy Story 3, but, um, I mean, I don't know. Listen, Pixar. If you there's there's something to study. If you if you're looking to study movies, watch a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. They they know exactly what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. But do you think they they've been like recently lacking like the movies they've been putting out? What was the last movie they put out? Because I'm gonna uh, let's say like Incredibles. Uh, the sequel. Yeah. I did not think it was anywhere near as good as no, the first one. No, of course one. not. Yeah. What about uh, the Good Dinosaur? Did you ever see it? I don't even know what you're talking about. There you about. go. Um, what about Inside Out? I saw that. It was cute. It was a good story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did that one really well, actually, I think. That's one. I, I think they knocked that one on the park. They did Finding Nemo, right? Yeah. Watch Finding Nemo from... Just watch Finding Nemo once as just watch it. Mm-hmm. Like you're a regular person. Well, you are. We're all regular people. <laughs> don't, don't look at it and go... Okay, now I see what this is. Just watch the movie. Right. And you'll realize that one of the, they do what everybody should be striving to do, which is bringing you into a world. I have no idea what it's like to be a fish. But in that world, I, I was sucked in for the hour and 45 minutes that Finding Nemo took place. Like, it was great. Every second of that movie. It's, it's got ups, downs. It's got comedy. It's got drama. It's got everything going for it. And you feel for that fish. There's a connection 
to that. There's a connection to the Albert Brooks character too. You know, it's the father searching for his son. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about it is, we look at Finding Nemo. I was talking about this with I can't remember who. You think Nemo's the star? He's not. I, I can't remember Albert Brooks's character's name. Marlon. Thank you. Marlon <laughs> is the star. So, yeah. Who is? There you go. Points for you. One of the first ones I, I saw in a movie theater. I was like four or five. Really? Yeah, and I still remember it like vividly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, forget about the fact that they knock animation out of the park. Yeah. They do. They kill animation. They know how a movie should be made, and they do it very well. Mm-hmm. How often do you see yourself like studying like actual scripts? I try and read at least three scripts a year. If I walk out of a movie and go, oh my God, then I want to read the script. Mm-hmm. The problem is I don't do that very often. I walked out of The Shape of Water and I was blown away. Blown away. It was so visually appealing that I didn't care how basic, and it is extremely basic, the story was. Mm-hmm. The story couldn't have been more boy meets girl than anything. And that's all it was. It was girl meets boy. Actually, it's girl meets fish monster. But, <laughs> right, right. You know, it, that's all it was. It, but visually, that was one of the best things I've seen mm-hmm. in years. I mean, I, I usually say this to, to people because, I mean, that, you know, it just comes up a lot. Like, for me, I don't know what it is about me, like, seeing movies. Like, I can't ever, you know, focus on on the movie mm-hmm. like even if it's a good movie mm-hmm. like I see myself you know looking on like my shoulder looking like this like I'm jittery like do you think this is my personality or is like no that's your generation mm. um, that's why <laughs> one of the reasons I, I'm uh, working on shorts and I'm talking like super shorts like three to five minutes mm. because people are so uh, you know caught up in their own lives with their phone and whatnot, they don't have, they don't want to give you two hours, right. which is sad, you know, but uh, it, you need to learn to relax, sit back and enjoy. And, you know, maybe you won't enjoy, but at least try the first two. You know, there are certain times where it's okay to just turn off and just be in another place. Read a book. That's what, it, that's, that's what books are meant to do. Really, it's the author bringing you into their world for mm-hmm. however many minutes, hours a day you want to dedicate to them. Mm-hmm. For sure. What about um, like the other aspects that come into like actually like you know producing a movie, mm-hmm. like the like how do you find a good director, good actors? You know what I mean? Like, uh, where does that all play? Do you do any of it? Like, do you, I mean, I I should be able to say that. No, no, no. Right now, I do it all. When I'm making something, I am, uh, well, I don't star because I don't like putting myself in my movies. I don't like putting myself in anything. I, I'd rather be behind the camera. Why is that? Uh, that's me. That's just my personality. Yeah. I would rather. Like behind the scenes? I am totally behind the scenes. I don't want to be the one performing it. If I thought I had the ability to perform it, I would, but I don't think I do. The only thing I know I can do is voice act, and that's because nobody can see me. Hmm. Uh, but you know that's again yeah. when you have a conversation with voice actors we'll come back to that yeah, gotcha. alright um, <laughs> but I don't want to be the person who I want somebody else to help me work out my vision rather than me just show you exactly what I want I, I think it's better when 
good actors, or not even good actors, just somebody who isn't me <laughs> is doing the work. However, for casting, um, if we're talking about a budding filmmaker and you're, uh, you're trying to make your first movie and you're shooting it on an iPhone, find your friends. Mm. Just call them up. Say, hey, do you want to do me a favor? Yeah. Uh, I did that once. I've done that uh, twice. I actually have a friend who's an actress. She's very good. Um, I should have given her a bigger part, but I didn't. I have another buddy who acts. He likes to act. He's, I, I wouldn't say he's an actor. He was a stand-up comedian. He does, however, understand the way I like to do things, and I like working with him because of that. And he's really cool with, like, uh, not how I pictured it. Can we do it another way? Hmm. And that's why I liked working with him. And then, you know, I'll, I'll just say, can you stand in here if I need something? But... If you're looking for actors, uh, there's a million places to go. They have, you know, go on Craigslist. They, you can go anywhere. Right. Act, actors are looking to add to their reel. So if they think something you wrote is worth their time, they'll do it. And you don't have to pay them, which is nice because you probably don't have any money. Mm -hmm. But you do have to feed them. Be nice. Do something <laughs> for them. I always feed my cast. I don't have any money to pay you, but I will feed you. If there are any actors listening... I will feed you. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, I mean, first of all, like, who do you like to network with more? Like actors, other screenwriters, uh, directors? Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth. I hate talking to screenwriters. Um, Why is that? <laughs> it's, it's not something I should have said. But uh, I find that a lot of people only want to talk about what they're doing. Hmm. Now, I will talk to people and I will always ask people for honest critique if I think I need something. If I know I'm having a problem, like I am right now, I've actually sent my script out to five people, not companies, agencies, or anything. I've sent it out to five people who I'm asking them to go through and tell me what they liked, what they didn't like. If something got lost, I don't want responses like, it was good, I didn't like it. I want, what was the problem here? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. I just lost track of what your question was. Oh, uh, you hate talking to Oh, I hate talking to screenwriters. Screenwriters only want to talk about, this is what I'm doing, right? And there are a handful, and I'm going to include myself in this, who would like to read what you're writing and would like to, like, you know, like, because I've been a reader, I like going through pages. I think it's entertaining, number one. Number two, I, I enjoy stories. I like reading books, like actual books, not like on a screen, like, mm. like a book in my hand. Uh, as far as talking to actors, I like talking <laughs> to actors on set uh, because that's where we connect. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't look for directors because I'd rather direct myself. That's interesting. Well, it's not like I'm making, you know, I'm not making $20 million movies over here. Right, right. No, what I'm saying is like, I mean, I, I was assuming that you, you know, want, let's say you could act, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm assuming you would get another actor to sort of like give the, give you their perspective, like how the story is going, like give them like their, their reactions. And so it's kind of like, well, maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much. No, I don't want an actor to tell me how they think the story is going. I want an actor to say, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Hmm. 
because uh, as much as I appreciate what they can do, I'd like them to appreciate what I did. Right. You know, it's my story. Uh, if I'm the writer, director, then it's my vision. And uh, William Goldman, I believe, said, directors are great, but they'd be nothing without the screenplay. That's very true. Mm-hmm. It's not their vision, technically. Yeah. It's really the writer's vision. And you're making it come to life, which is absolutely amazing. And you're totally needed, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not shooting down act- directors. <laughs> I think directors, there are some directors who are just unbelievable what they do. And they can pull off a shot and make you feel in a scene without, you know, there, there are times, uh, Robert Altman does it. Robert Altman throws out screenplays. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, uh, Robert Altman probably hasn't made anything in a long time, so. I'm dating myself a lot. <laughs> so let's touch base on, like, you know, voice acting. Okay. What What's the, I mean, other than, the, like, the actual, like, uh, you know, what's the difference between, like, that and, like, normal acting, do you think? Like, other than, like, you know, them controlling their, their reactions. Uh, say that last like, part again? Like, other than, like, the, the animators controlling the reactions of, like, the actual animations, like, what do you feel like is the difference between, you know, voice acting and regular acting? Do you think it's, like, one of the same? Do you think it takes a special type uh, of person to do that? Well, yes, I do think it takes a special type of person. Here's the thing. If I'm voice acting, I'm acting, too. I, my hands are moving. I'm animated. My face moves. Yeah. I can't just say words and make you feel something. Mm. I mean, I can be, I, unless you're asking me to go into something and be monotone, <laughs> in which case I will sit there like this and I will talk and I will read whatever you wrote down. Mm-hmm. But I have to act it out. Like, I'm not running and bouncing off the walls, but I'm going up, I'm going down, I'm moving my hands, my mouth, my mouth obviously. My eyebrows are going with it, my head. I might pull back, I might go forward. The difference to me is that, again, nobody's looking at me doing it except for the guy recording it. Maybe a producer or director. But I don't have to worry about, like, you know, did I move my foot the wrong way during that take? Am I not looking at the person I'm supposed to be talking to? Right. I don't have to worry about any of that. I can just, you know, go off my page and go, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do here. And it's probably a hell of a lot cheaper for them because taking a cut and, and time off, they don't have to reset any sets, <laughs> right? You don't have to, if there was a gunshot, you don't have to reload, mm-hmm. right? You, it's just a sound. It's a soundboard. Right. So, to me, voice acting is... <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's um, it's a more comfortable setting for me. Because hmm. you're behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just it's me and a microphone, and you know, uh, one of my teachers always told me like pretend that you're having a conversation with somebody. Like, in, let's say I'm looking, I'm talking to that person standing right there. Mm-hmm. So this is me. This is the microphone, but the microphone is really the person behind the mic. You know what I'm saying? If I'm having a conversation. Hmm. but they're not there and I don't have to worry about their reaction that's pretty interesting what do you have going on right now I'm working on four shorts which sounds like a lot but it's not Um, basically I wrapped up the the writing is done on three of them I'm in casting and location I'm looking for locations for a couple of them and then I'm just going to start shooting and I have to do, actually I have to do some, uh, some audio, because one of them I, I did as a musical. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a short musical. It's one song. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but it's about a prostitute. Hmm. 
uh, a man and a prostitute, I should say. It's not just a prostitute. So it's just uh, it's a two two person piece. I've already casted that one. I just need the locations and uh, some free time because it's music. I'm making them dance too. So there's choreography. That one is a bit. Um, I'm going balls to the wall with that because I want it to look like a real production in four minutes. But it should be fun if it comes out the way I want. Uh, I'm also working on a short web series. Uh, it'll be a series of shorts. I can tell you more about that just based on the title. It's called Bad Roommate. Hmm. So it'll be about having a bad roommate. And I think everybody can relate to having a bad roommate because if you haven't had a bad roommate, you've never moved out of your parents' house. Um, what else am I doing? Uh, do a commercial spoof, but that's just for fun. I, I actually enjoy writing those. And I'm still working on uh, an animated series. I created an animated series, uh, which I actually tried pitching last year in California. thought I got some traction with it, but it didn't. And, and that's my baby. As much as nothing's ever supposed to be your baby, that's my baby. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because A, animation, in, in animation, anything can happen. And that's one of the reasons I love animation. That's one of the reasons I love movies and TV, because anything can happen. But in animation, really, anything can happen. I can blow somebody up and have them come back in the next scene. And everybody goes, eh, yeah. Maybe it's you know? to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just took this, I made this small world yeah. with five characters, and it's just ridiculousness and because people have the attention spans of gnats now I made it a 12 <laughs> I, made, I, I made it a 12 minute show so if anybody from Cartoon Network is listening I am available um, it's a 12 minute show it'll fit right in on Adult Swim uh, I got a bunch of other stuff you know just kicking around I actually uh, carry a notebook with me I'll show you because I know I'm being recorded I don't want anybody to think I'm a liar notebook and pen in case I ever think of something, in case I overhear something, anybody who wants to write, if you want to write, I don't know, jingles, always carry a notebook and a pen. First, like a iPhone in it. Yeah, man. There's nothing, nothing comes quite close to writing something down on paper. From believer in that, for sure. Yeah. Usually, how I end this is, uh, you know, I ask. How is New York City, well, in your case, Long Island, right? Well, um, well both. 40 minutes out of yeah, there New you York go. City. Yeah. How, how, is, how do you think it's changed, if, if at all, your sort of like art, you know, your, your, your way of writing? Do you feel like it would be any different if you were like somewhere else in the world where you weren't, you know, experiencing the, the same things? Uh, that's a great question. Here's the problem. I was born and raised here. So it's basically been my whole life. I've been exposed to a hell of a lot. So I'd like to thank New York for that on a personal level. Uh, I'd also like to tell New York to go fuck itself like, mm -hmm. for that on a personal level. Uh, I don't know how people in Idaho go about their business. I do know that you probably should check out a big city. Uh, they're pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything like, you, know, you can attribute like, oh, this is exactly like this, this is New York? What do you mean? Like anything like you feeling like you're writing, like the way you talk to people? No, 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 no. I try and be vague with that. Um, even though I, I don't know I, I've met people from the Midwest and they say pop and I refuse to ever say that <laughs> so I guess that and um, you know a hero is a hero it's not a grinder or a hoagie a grinder oh dude you you are sheltered my friend 
You got to get out there and talk to people. They, they think sandwiches are called grinders. Yeah. I That's had weird. to ask when I saw it. I don't remember what state I was in. It was like grinder. I said, what the hell is a grinder? Like, it's a sandwich? A big, a big roll? I'm like, oh, a hero. Okay. It's also a gay dating app. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've, I've heard you can do quite well on that. Uh, I don't think you want to say gay anymore. 2019 and everything's offensive. Mm. Uh, and yes, I'm a little bit jaded because I've uh, lived my entire life in New York. I do think most people are full of shit. Uh, which I, that probably does reflect in my writing. Which is, is, is sad. <laughs> Sorry. It's your personality. Yeah, that, that's part of it too. Uh, you know, I'd like to give you the benefit of the doubt, but you know, somebody asked me for 20 bucks outside while their car was running because they needed gas. You know? One of those deals. Mike. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Anytime. It was a long drive, I imagine. Uh, hour, hour and ten. Very sorry. That's okay. We should have done this over Skype. That's right. <laughs>